Welcome everyone back to the Sandal Anch podcast. I am Dak and with me is Joe, Dina, and Jamie. So this week, continuing on our walk through Elantris, we are doing chapters 20 to 22. So we finally get all three characters once more for the first time in quite a while. So in these chapters, Serene has a bit more of a talk with her allies among the court and finally tips her hand to Iodon and uh, negotiates a deal. Meanwhile, Hraithan tries to get an annoying problem out of his hair and finds himself a little bit outmatched and then has a, a conversation with his opposite number among the Karathi priests. And finally, Rowden and Galadon decide to go confront Shayor and discover Shayor's identity. But before they can really act on that, Serini's plan comes into motion and they realize, oh god, we've got to solve this right now. So, a lot happening this week. Hang on to something, everyone. The Sandalanch is about to begin. Feed the fire, set me free in this city of dreams. Push my mind into overload. Hack the wire, smash the team in this city of dreams. We'll be in motion in the code. Mind into overload. Yeah, I love how just last episode you guys are like Hraithan's gonna have to do something about like try to get rid of Diloph somehow I don't know how and then in the very next chapter that he's in it's like I gotta get rid of this guy and it does not work out well for him so what did you guys think of these three chapters I really like these ones there's a lot like, we're really starting to get into the meat of it now it doesn't feel so much like setup anymore which I guess like even for the longest time, if it did feel like, all right, we're still setting things up, setting things up. Even when stuff was happening, it's like, yeah, well, we're still really just building. Now it feels like we're actually getting to the confrontations between characters. We've got Hraithan's trying to make his move against Dilaf finally, finding out Dilaf is countering him at every possibility. And we and we ended on Serene and Rowden and are probably going to encounter each other. So like, it's it's all starting to come together, which is cool. I did really like the the conversation between Serene and Iodon. Like she plays him, but has to you know give a little to get a little. So that was kind of cool. Like it's I know we we rag on Iodon all the time, and he's just an atrocious person. But it's nice to see that there are some things he is actually good at. Just yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't just feel like you know the, like those like those '80s cartoon villains who are just so incompetent. It's like how are you even in power? It's like no no, <laughs> there's a reason this guy is in power. So it's it's cool to see that he is actually good at things. And yeah, I, and I also like the conversation between Hraithan and Omen, just showing a little bit more of like this little priest who almost seems like a kind of like Uncle Iroh uh, sort of sort of attitude. He's like he's all loving and like and just really happy to banter with people, even his enemies. So, yeah, yeah. he kind of goes out of his way to find this guy up there and kind of have a chat. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I like your comparison, though, to like 80s villains. Now, Iodon is like uh, he's, he's like Skeletor or something where it's like, yeah, Dr. Dr. Claw or something. Dr. Claw. Yeah. How did you get this job? Is it just because you have like a weird monster arm, Dr. Claw? I don't know. How did you, how you end up in charge of this organization? It's like, let's overthrow this guy. But he has a robot arm. He can't reach us, but he has a robot arm. <laughs> and a cat. <laughs> he throws the cat at them. <laughs> <laughs> so we're coming I to oppose you. <laughs> oh, okay. He's just like, yeah, Skelet Skeletor, are you just in charge because everyone's scared of your monster face? Like, I don't. Um, what? I don't know what, what do you mean? <laughs> Did you guys watch the new the the new Netflix He Man? No, I haven't yet. I'm considering mm -hmm. it. I've heard it's pretty good. That's uh, it's Kevin Smith did it, right? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, w- I won't give any spoilers, but uh, Mark Hamill and Skeletor, also fun. Yeah. I mean, Mark Hamill as anything is great. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, even that terrible Wolverine video game. He was in that? Uh, what was it? Wolverine, uh, I think it was X2 Wolverine's origin or something like that. It was, it was basically a shameless, like a game, uh, that they were shamelessly advertising based off of the release of X-Men 2. Yeah. Um, and it has nothing to do with X-Men 2 is its own like standalone story about Wolverine. It's a terrible game. The story's ludicrous. Doesn't really make any sense. Not great. Gameplay is not that fun. The cover art for the game, it's Wolverine's uh, X2 Wolverine's Revenge is the name of the game. The cover art is Hugh Jackman in like a leather suit. But then when you actually play the game, it's Wolverine like in a leather coat, you know, in his normal like motorcycle gear. And Mark Hamill plays Wolverine throughout the game. (laughs) It's uh, the voice acting is not bad, but the game is bad. And the script was very cheap as well, the game script. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, Lantris. <laughs> so uh, these chapters were uh, were good. Freythan's chapter I honestly didn't like just because it's like now I'm so much into rooting for Freythan that I like because I hate Dil- Diloph so much. It's like it's put me in a weird position because I don't want Freythan to succeed, but I really, really hate Diloph. So I just want him to go away and never be seen again. And uh, yeah, he really uh, he really kind of painted himself into a corner by by raising him up to uh, to uh, the status that he put him in. So he kind of made his own bet on that one. Fortunately, that was uh, that was the Serini chapter was actually first. Let me go back to that one. That chapter was good. I liked I liked the meeting. I, I feel the same way as Dak. I feel like things are actually starting to happen. We get, especially because we got the Raiden chapter in this grouping uh, that comes after. It's like Serini made a plan. She told the nobles about the plan. She she goes to the Iodon and like makes the plan work. And then she and then in Raiden's chapter we see her enter Lantris and she's doing it. So like I feel like things are are happening in that sense because we're seeing seeing them happen in that way. And as far as Raiden goes, I, I thought it was good that he recognized her immediately. Although it sounds like he's going to try to pretend to be Shayor, I guess. So that could be troubling. And the revelation that Shayor was a little girl is uh, pretty ridiculous. But yeah, no, it was, it was good. Uh, you, you don't like little girl Shayor? No, I mean, it's it's goofy to the extent of like it's second only to a guy who's actually a stonecutter and wears a mustache and pretends he's somebody else. <laughs> Like Karada is like the seems like the only legitimate like gang leader of the bunch in that sense because it's like she was who she always has been. She took up a leadership role. Yeah, she's competent. It's like now it's very clear the stonecutter guy's too busy looking at stone to even care about anything else, and uh, and this other leader is just a child who who's been lifted up as a goddess because her hair didn't fall out because it's fake. So yeah. Yeah, she has uh, the wig of leadership. Um, yeah, uh, and and had the moustache of leadership, and so if you I, I combine think combine both, you'd just be like the ultimate. Yeah, I think we got to come up with a different name for that one. You've got the mustache of leadership, and I'd say this would be the wig of God. Uh, yes, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, I think together, yeah, you'd be a leader God uh, if you had <laughs> both the wig of Godhood and the mustache of leadership. So <sighs> it's amazing. Love it. 
I really liked these chapters as well. It's nice to see yeah, Serena's plan coming together. I just, I, every time I read her viewpoint, I just like her more and more. I think she's such a cool character. Deal off, yeah. <laughs> what, 30, 30 lords or something he's put under him? <laughs> yep. Like, dude, you're an idiot. I see Raven's got a, a big problem, but. Yeah, interesting to see. I hope his um his potion gets there pretty quick. And yeah, something else we were hypothesizing about last time was would Raiden recognize Sereni? And obviously he does. I think I'm married to her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you think. But it's I, I'm really excited to see this sort of start to come together now. Yeah, I, I enjoyed all the chapters. I do love how Serini managed to mediate her two fathers into a trade deal. I was like, oh, I'm not really sure that you did your, you know, biological dad any favours there. It sounds like you kind of ripped him off, but Iden's happy. So that's something. <laughs> but it was very, very cool how it all came to be. And I kind of like that the, the, the actors come down a bit. It's like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. But so far it's working for uh, the king. So I think he'll run with it for a while. Yeah, he was so irritated at first. It's like, oh my gosh, you've been tricking me. Now you made me look stupid. It's like, well, but money though. It's like, oh right, yeah, money. Now <laughs> you've been making me look stupid. Yeah, you didn't need help for that. No, nope. no. It's the one thing he's good at. <laughs> it's also funny <laughs> that like Serene's dad is king, but the the government there is so different that it's like he's not good at making like business deals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just no, like, uh, I, I got like a room full of accountants. It's like, well, let me stop you right there. You don't need an entire room of accountants. They're all going to say the same thing. So, you know, maybe maybe a solid four. Uh, you know, maybe they ha- they handle different parts of the kingdom or different tasks uh, in the kingdom. I like how like it doesn't show us how that call went. Can you imagine like he Eventio is just like, my beloved daughter, good to see you. And she's like, yeah, hand you over to my father-in-law now. Wait, what? <laughs> and then it's, he's just bombarding. He's like, all right, I want this trade deal, this trade deal. <laughs> I was talking to my daughter. Well, it sounded like they let him know beforehand that this was going to happen or something like this. Cause yeah, he, I know. And he's just like, yeah, he says that, you know, whatever money you need. Although I did like the line where it was a very knowing look. He was like, I hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, he trusts well, his daughter also- a lot. So that, that's nice. There's also a difference between whatever money you need and put me on the phone with his dickhead. Well, yeah, okay, that's fair, too. I guess let's get into these chapters. So, yeah, we start off with the, the group meeting again, the, the noblemen. And they're like, hold on a second, you want us to help Iodon now? What? Aren't we here, like, plotting against Iodon? Isn't that our whole thing? And uh, she's just like, you know, look, we can't let him be overthrown by Shudareth, basically. That's bad for all of us, okay? We also, need this idiot to say exactly yeah. where he is. Until we're ready to take him off the throne. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Only we may kill him or dethrone him, whatever. And there's a discussion where she's like, come on. It's obviously it wasn't the pirate, the dread pirate crushed throats fleet that did this. He was his fleet was destroyed 15 years ago. I love how apparently this was a pirate guy 15 years ago. And after his fleet's destroyed, like 15 years later, they're like, oh, yeah, it's some of that guy. That guy's still around (laughs) or something. Crushed throats back. And this time. It's personal. <laughs> well, maybe it was personal the first time. You don't know. 
(laughs) This time, it's religious. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be plenty of booty this time. I hope we meet this guy. Right, yeah, I I hope he just pops up somewhere. It's like, yeah, I used to be a pirate. I'm I'm cool now, though, so. Maybe he ended up, you know, his, his... his fleet got defeated because he got put into Elantris or something. Yeah, maybe. Oh, it was 15 years ago, so that was before the Riyadh. His name just got dropped so many times in this chapter. I was like, oh, he's going to turn up somewhere. We're going to have to meet this guy, for sure. Yeah, it does seem that way, right? Maybe there'll just be this one Elantrian who just sort of steps out and just goes, uh, I'm Crushed Throat. Someone's using my name. I know how to sail a boat. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Rowden's just interviewing other Elantrians. And what did you do? I used to be a pirate lord. Oh, really? That's interesting. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so yeah, she's like, look, look, guys, helping him financially doesn't mean we like him. It's just, you know, we have to do this stuff. And Royal's like, um, I, I, I hate to say it, but I agree with Ahan. Like, I don't want to help the king. <laughs> but she kind of, and, and they're having the discussion. They're like, okay, well, even if we agree with you and we're going to help him, fine. What? I'm not sure that I agree with that, but okay. How do we just start sending him free money? Like, here, have some money. And uh, <laughs> Baron Edon tax, is like, well, tax hike, a yeah. big tax hike. Baron Edon's like, I don't actually have extra money. Just FYI, like, I'm already almost broke, so I'm not giving somebody some money. I just had this image in my head of that scene from Friends where what's the game Cups, where Chandler's trying to get Joey to like give Joey money. Oh yeah, yeah. Given money, <laughs> they should just invent a card game and be like, "You're so good at these games." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then, and then Ross wins all the money from Joey. <laughs> yeah, because he's also You've been bamboozled. Oh, wait, no, that's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I like Ahan's response where he's like, look, none of us have extra money. If it was if it was extra, then it wouldn't be valuable. So we, we don't have money to give away either. And so they're kind of talking about, and they they go back and forth about like what Iodon is, is thinking. And Royal has a whole thing about how he's got like this very concrete way of thinking where it's like he's not going to believe us if we try to tell him the truth. Like pirates make sense the like another religion sinking your ships to try to manipulate the religion of your country. That's too like nebulous for him to believe in. And you're right. They do mention this guy a lot. I, I didn't even remember how much, cause they get into a discussion. Like was, uh, was that pirate guy Fordish? And somebody's like, oh, no, I thought he, I thought he was Fjordal. And Rose like, no, I'm pretty sure he was Aeonic. So he's, he's like from Aralon or I guess what Aeonic is basically. So if he's, if he's Aeonic, he could become an Elantrian. That's what we learned with the, with mm-hmm. the bloodlines. And it, there's a, let's see. So she, basically, I think we get to the end of this discussion, and Serene's just like, "I'll figure something out." And then she kind of she kind of sidesteps into like, "Is everyone doing with their plantations like I asked you to?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're doing it." How long is it going to take us to see results? And she's like, "Well, hopefully not more than two months because that's all that we have until the next taxing period. So you're screwed if we don't see results in two months." <laughs> But uh, Shuden says, no, that'll be long enough to estimate how well a crop is going to do. I don't know anything about farming. I'll believe Shuden, whatever. And actually, th- there's th- the one thing from the uh, the annotations that I was going to bring out here, something that I didn't notice at all. They're meeting in like a garden here instead of a Keen's house. And Keen and Lukul apparently didn't make it to this meeting. Like they're not in the chapter. 
I thought that was actually a, a nice little touch because, like, every other time she's been around other people, she's had those two to rely on, like, the, fam- the family connection backing her up. This time she is actually on her own. It's entirely her against, like, with these people. So I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, I also thought that, like, it it kind of lets her stand on her own and then, like Dax said, but then also it, like, kind of made me think, oh well, what's going to come of them not being there to hear this? But I guess they're family, so she would just tell them what's going on. Honestly, I didn't even notice, I don't think, that they weren't there until I read that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. They're not there. And so we uh, we move into her being like, okay, so now I want to talk about my widow's trial. I'm going to go feed the people of Elantris, and I want you guys to come with me. And everyone is super uncomfortable about that. Hey, I called it. Yeah. yeah. Sure did. And she's like, no, this is how we beat the Gjorn. Like, we make people, we convince the nobility to go in here and help feed the people. And they'll see that, you know, they're not monsters or whatever. Side note, we need like a ding sound effect to play every time a prediction we um, <laughs> predicted comes comes true. We need one. Then we, we would have to oppose that with like a burr, burr sound effect every time like <laughs> yeah, one is proven wrong. I, don't see I want uh, the... I want the full Final Fantasy fanfare, like... Bah, 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 bah. That would require us to remember all the predictions, and I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, true. You should really write them down. When I was, when I, whenever I do, like, the... Uh, uh, when I was working on the best predictions or whatever sections, I would just, like, throw all the files in a playlist and jump to the end of each episode and listen to predictions. And uh, that way I was getting them all right in a row and I could think through them. Yeah, smart. But apparently all these guys think that she's a little obsessed with Hraithan. Like, they don't see how this guy is as big a deal as she's making him out to be. Which just shows that uh, if even if they're kind of the wiser of the nobles here, they don't, uh, they, they don't understand the threat here. Because we know Hraithan is a threat. And they're like, well, why don't we just let Om like have the Karathi priests agree? And we'll say, like, yeah, Alantris is bad. Whatever. Like, who cares? And she's like, no, Omen's not going to do that. And Ahan's like, well, I mean, couldn't we just, you know, slip him a few bucks? And no, this particular priest is not bribable <laughs> for this sort of thing. And they're all like, look, the king's never going to let you in Alantris anyway. Like, nobody's allowed to go in Alantris. And she uses that against them to be like, so... If I do get in, and they're like, you're not gonna. She's like, fine, you know, I'm not gonna, whatever. If I do, will you agree to go with me? I mean, obviously, there's no risk to agreeing to go with me when you're so sure that I'm not gonna get in, right? Yeah, don't you worry about that. Let me worry about blank. (laughs) Blank, blank, you're not seeing the big picture. And once again, Shuden is the first one to jump in and be like, yes, I'll go. And once Shuden is in, the others are like, yeah, okay, fine. Between this and working out in front of the ladies, Shuden is just a massive show off. <laughs> yeah, likes, I'll go. Know, I'm girls. not afraid. Mm. It's not like you're going to go anyway, but I'll make sure I have an opportunity to show off just in case you do. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm Jindo, and that's how I do. And then we immediately cut to her, like, walking down the hall with Aish, and she's like, okay, maybe I was a little bit optimistic about uh, my ability to do all this stuff. And I don't know, did you guys see it coming that she's got a problem and another problem that kind of solve each other here before she got there, or was it a surprise? Nope, didn't see it coming. Thought this was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I hadn't put it together. It was good. I feel like that's th- this is one of the few times where I kind of saw it coming the first time I read through. I'm like, no, these problems solve each other. I see it. 
but uh, I usually go so fast I'm not thinking ahead. So I also like that when she gets she gets up to the king's quarters and the soldier's like, I'm not supposed to let anyone in. And she's like, well, but I'm his daughter. So you're really going to try to keep me out? Look, look, man, just let me in. If the king doesn't want me there, he'll throw me out. And next time you'll know. Which is very mon- another very Monty Python vibe in this one. It's like, like, don't let him out of the room. Okay. And they try and follow <laughs> the king out. Like, no, no, you stay here. You got to keep him in the room. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're coming with you. No, I want you to stay here and make sure he doesn't leave. <laughs> what if we go with him? Then can no, he leave? <laughs> no. <laughs> if, uh, if, 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 uh, look, I just want you to stay here and make sure he doesn't leave. <laughs> How many gold? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to go back and watch that. It's been a while since I've done a Holy Grail watch. Uh, that That's probably one of the best scenes, honestly. It's like, <laughs> look at this lad all of this what the curtains no not the curtains, <laughs> curtains. <laughs> that one burned down then fell over and sank into the swamp but the fourth one stayed up that's what, <laughs> that's what you're gonna get <laughs> uh, gosh but no she comes in and i don't like really it's not enough that you like bug the shit out of me in public now you got to come into my like private space and do it to get out if I'd known what a foolish, spindly girl you were, I would never have signed the treaty. I like how spindly comes into it. Like, geez, yeah. why can't you be less skinny? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Really have skin shaming her. Right? Yeah, I know. The princesses can't be so skinny. What? Well, it's just like Casey and like, you're too tall to be a princess. Yeah. And Serene just comes out. She's like, look, how about this? How about I pretend to be an intelligent human being capable of semi-lucid conversation and you pretend the same thing? And he's like, son of a bitch, you tricked me. I could have you beheaded for making me look like a fool. Which, really, if that's the truth, if if that's in the law, that you can behead someone who makes you look stupid, then that's a messed up sense. I feel like Hraithan would love to know that. It's like, no, no, if we if we publicly execute someone, like, Iodon's going to have our guts for garters. Meanwhile, Iodon, I will kill you because you made me look stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Destroy you. Stop it, stop it. I will destroy you. Uh... So she's like, look, I'm here to offer you a deal Just because, uh, you know, it's a pro you're going to lose your, your kingdom basically because, uh, of the luck you've been having peddling your silks in Fjordan lately. And so, and I like how Aish is right there with her and he's like, dude, be careful. Don't push him too hard. This couldn't go badly. And uh, she's like, you lost 75% of your pl- fleet to pirates. So you're also going to lose your throne unless you listen. And he's like, wait a second. How do you know that? She's like, because everybody knows that. I mean, everyone's talking about it. And he goes off. Like, <laughs> he loses it. And she's like, oh my god, he's paranoid. How has no one noticed this? Which, that raises a good question. Rowden knew about his secret escape tunnel thing out of his room. Mm-hmm. And never brought it up to his buddies in his little anti-Iodon group? Well, Lukal has to know. Because he says him and Lukal played there when they were children. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Also, I mean, none of them want to kill him. Raiden doesn't want his father dead. So what what do they really gain by knowing about that passage? They've talked well, about maybe killing him. But but they, they do bring up the whole, like, Serene says, oh, why hasn't anyone noticed he's paranoid? I'm like, well, surely they would have. If they know okay, about that. What you mean, yeah. I feel like probably, like, Royal's apparently his closest friend, so you'd think that he'd probably also kind of be aware. Maybe it's just, uh, they maybe it is common knowledge, and they don't really think it's worth mentioning. That's why Serene hasn't figured it out. Until now. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And yeah, I mean, Rowden came right out and said it. He tells Karata when they're there. He's like, yeah, he's kind of paranoid. So 
He's scared of uh, assassination attempts, maybe because he's such a heavy sleeper. And so, yeah, she's like, look, you could make a killing selling your silks in Teode right now. And he's suspicious of this. He's like, this is one of those too good to be true situations. So I'm not going to get involved in this. And he starts to turn her down. And she's like, well, no, I mean, I, I want I want a little something, something for my trouble here. You're going to have to give me something if you want to get this awesome deal. And so now it's like, oh, to tie it on this now makes sense. It's like, uh-huh, she's going to give me a good deal because I'm she wants something out of it. Okay, now it's not too good to be true anymore. And she's like, I want to go in Elantris. And he's like, no, entry into Elantris is forbidden by law. And she's like, well, yeah, a law that you made and that you can therefore make exceptions to. So I'm, what do you – it's like the end of Aladdin where it's like, oh, wait, I'm the sultan. I can just change the law about – the princess only being able to marry a prince. Huh? Why yeah, didn't I exactly. think of that before? <laughs> hmm. And so she's, uh, she's like, look, I want to, I, I want to, he's like, how long do you want to go in? She's like, as long as it takes basically. And he's like, by yourself. And she's like, well, I want to take anyone who's willing to accompany me. And he's like, well, you're not going to find anyone. And she's like, well, that's my problem, not yours. And so he agrees. He's like, fine, no more than 10 at a time, excluding the guards. I don't want mass pilgrimages into Elantris. And you can you can have two hours from eleven to one, basically. And we you're you're right. I'm a little bit disappointed that we do skip over the entire negotiation because it sounds kind of fun. Or it's like she. Uh, and what and what do you, what do you want for these silks? One million dollars and three Hawaiian islands. Good ones, not the leper ones. <laughs> but yes, it's like Iodon senses her father's inexperience with this sort of thing, and he's he's struck with the enthusiasm of a raging predator. Only Serene being there kept Iodon from leaking away Teod's entire tax revenue. You'd think that he would have made deals with this country before, but I guess maybe if he did, he worked with accountants and not directly with the other kings. So and Iodon's just so happy when uh, when she leaves. Aventio just hangs up the phone and is like, oh, my accounts are going to kill me. <laughs> Probably. And they, yeah, they're, he's going to be like, okay, so I made a deal. Um might not have been that great a deal. I don't really know. And all the accounts are like, oh, no. Before he even tells them the deal, they're just like head in hands. Like, oh, crap. Who let the king near the treasury? <laughs> but I do like the, the, the little note that it's like, is there anyone you can't manipulate? Aish says. And she goes, father, you know he gets the better of me three times out of five. And Aish says, well, he says the same thing about you. I, I like their relationship a lot. Like, it's it's a fun little father-daughter dynamic. It is nice after Mistborn to have some healthy parental relationships. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, we got Keen, who's a good father, and T Eventio, geez, his name. We got any other good dads in here? Iodon clearly does not qualify. Oh, well, we find out the, that... They're really the only two, but it's still yeah, something. We find out Duke Tellery had a daughter, but uh, that didn't go well for him. Let's see. So Aish has the, a very weird, I think, side track here. Or they get to her room and she's just like, man, your room hasn't been cleaned again. And she's like, well, I, mean, I didn't make a mess. It's like, yeah, I know. But we can't let the maids be lax in their duties. They have to, like, give you respect by, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. And she's like, what are, what are you talking about? Like, you know, the, me and the servants get along. It's like, look, you don't understand that what the servants, like, think of you and if they respect you is also really important. You've kind of never realized this, but look. The, just take my word for it this is relevant and so they get like i guess the head maid or housekeeping person or whatever after a discussion about Raiden, i kind of forgot that was in here where it's like she's like oh Raiden, he was a better prince than i am a princess wasn't he 
and they have a discussion about how much the people loved him and so on and so forth. Serene even says the peasants endured Iodon's outrages and burdens because they knew Raiden would eventually take over. The country would have collapsed years ago if the prince hadn't gone among them, encouraging them and reviving their spirits. And there's a sad little moment where she's like, I hope he's watching me. Would he be proud of me? I just want them to accept me. Like I spent 30 years or 25 years, I guess, in this country where people like they respect me, but they didn't like like me that much. I want these people to like me. I want to be like one of them. Just with hindsight, this whole I hope he's watching me. Would he be proud of me thing is very ironic considering what happens in two chapters. <laughs> You're not and Raven's actual, actual reactions like, uh, oh, God. Oh, God, no. Oh, <laughs> she has messed everything up. Damn it. <laughs> but, but then the headmaid comes like Aish goes and fetches her and she's like, oh, my gosh, nobody cleans your room. I'm so sorry. We lost another girl today and I didn't I didn't remember that your room was on her list. And she's like, what do you mean lost? Another runaway. They're not supposed to leave. We're indentured like everybody else. But uh, for some reason, we have trouble keeping maids in the palace. Interesting. Yeah. And then we have like this is a, this is a chapter with a lot of little jumps to different things. Because then we have another little jump to Serene in the middle of the night being like, there it is again. I'm hearing this noise. And Aish does not hear it and thinks that she's just nuts. And she's like, I thought seance were supposed to have good ears. You told me that like five minutes ago. I don't know, however long ago it was, she saw the priest. But um, so like, well, not, I don't even have ears. Not when we're sleeping. Yeah, so here's where my prediction's going to come in. I'm going to go ahead and do it now because they, this is this is just in my brain as soon as we were talking about it and as soon as I read it. So earlier, the, the maid mentions that maids have gone missing. And then Iodon is potentially, he's the one using this passage because she thinks it's a passage behind her room. Mm -hmm. I know we didn't quite get to that part yet, but uh, she thinks it might be a secret passage. And it's always like at the same time. So my prediction is that, and this is kind of sinister, so maybe it's not, it's beyond Iodon, but I think Iodon is like picking maids to have his way with, and then somehow he makes them into Elantrians. And then they're, they're sent off to Elantris so that they can't like undermine him or get him in any kind of trouble. That is sinister. When you you said sinister, though, my brain went even for, I was like, is he going to say she, Iodon's like eating them? Like what? He's he's a cannibal. (laughs) No, I think, I think it more likely that if they're disappearing, because we see, we've, we've seen that a lot uh, in this book that like nobles make people, it seems like are making people disappear. Like Raiden disappeared. We find out later, Shayor basically disappeared. They just said that the person died, but mm. in reality, in reality, they became Elantrians. So, yeah, no, I, I, given the information we have, yeah, maybe because her conclusion here is that it's a passage and she's like, the only place this passage could lead is the king's room, given like this what Walaton and where we're hearing this, which we know there is a passage that leads to the king's room. So it kind of supports her theory here. And if she's right, the king is basically sneaking out twice a week for some reason. Or maybe he's sneaking someone in. I guess we don't really know. And she's like, and H is like, why would he do that? Like, he's the king. Why does he need to sneak out through a secret passage? And she's like, I don't know. And H says, oh, dear, my lady is concocting something, isn't she? And then Serene sweetly says, always, gets back into bed. It's like, turn down your light. Some of us want to get to sleep. <sighs> sassy princess. They're both sassy to each other, though. It's true. I like their relationship also. The Seon relationship is a fun one. And really, I guess 
Well, still, other unless you count Raithen and his boxed Seon, there's these two are still the only like Seon interaction that we've seen much of at all. Mm. Yeah. So who knows what other people and there's like we know that freaky uh, potion making guy has a Seon. You gotta wonder what his relationship with his Seon is like. <laughs> Just sit around and get high together. Right? Yeah, that was my thought. He's like, hey, you want a hit of this? I just don't have a mouth. High. <laughs> you shove things up a ball. <laughs> oh we have already seen too many body bags and ball sacks. This, this is not a productive area of discussion. So we cut to Horathan, and Horathan is going, trying to find a new head, Arteth to take over the job of being in charge of this church because really his job is not supposed to be dealing with all the little paperwork. But if you remember, he sent the head Arteth off back to Fjordal to retrain or whatever, because he was not doing a good job. So since then, Horathan has taken over all like the, the day-to-day duties of being in charge of this church. And he needs somebody else to do this at this point because they're growing so much. And he starts offering it to people and the people say no. They're like, nope, sorry, I can't accept. And he's like, what? Why? And they're like, I, I, I can't give you a reason. I just, uh, I, I can't do it. And like, he, in, in, immediately after the first guy, he's like, somehow this is Diloff's fault. I don't know how, but somehow he's behind this. And so he's like, I got to get rid of him. I mean, he's, he's just too much trouble already. So he comes up with a plan. And honestly, I think it's a decent plan, and it's a lot simpler than pro- what we were discussing in the last episode. It's like, how's he going to get rid of this guy? He's just like, I'm going to send him on a long trip and be like, this is a super important letter. I need you to personally deliver it to the Viking Pope because no one knows about the seance. So it's a completely believable and legitimate thing that he might need to do. It's like, I, you're the only one I can trust, Diloff, so I need you to do this. And so Diloff's just like, okay, fine. And as Raithen is walking away, here's Diloff like uh call call someone in he's like okay we get send out messengers we leave for fjordan in the morning as harithan nearly kept walking almost didn't care what Diloff <laughs> was planning as long as he left but something something he's like he's been in politics too long to let something like that pass he's like wait what like i don't want to stop here uh it's like like Barbos is like saying, Jack Sparrow, shut up. I'm killing you next after I kill this one. And, and Sparrow makes a flippant remark. And you just see Barbos just roll his eyes and go, for fuck's sake. Fine. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good comparison. Yeah. But I mean, it, it makes sense that Dilaf is prepared for this one because this is exactly what Horathan did to Fionn back in the first chapter. And wasn't Dilaf the one he had tail Fionn? And it's like, all right, if he doesn't get on the boat, kill him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, like, Dilaf's just like, all right, I might be next for that treatment. i got to find some way to, yeah, overcome. Yeah. And so he's like, who are you taking with you? He's like, well, I mean, you can't expect me to leave my Odivs behind, right? It's like, Odivs? So you've taken, uh, okay, who? Who who did you make your Odivs? And Dilaf's like, I don't know, you a bunch of people. Not, not important. He's like, names, tell me, tell me the names. <laughs> Basically everybody. And this yeah. is like, this is the point where you're like, oh, that's why that guy didn't didn't want to take the job because he's probably the Odiv of uh, Diloff. Uh-huh. It's like, oh yeah, he's like, oh well, I can't, 
I'm under Diloff now, so I can't take this job. Yeah, that's definitely the impression that I feel like you get is they're like, oh, well, I I can't be in charge of this guy because I've already agreed to, like, follow his lead or whatever. And honestly, up to this point, I thought that uh, you could only have one Odiv just from the way Hraithan approached it with Diloff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It did not occur to me you could have more than one, let alone fucking 30 of them. Right. Well, and he says he's like most priests only call one or two. Some Gjorns have as many as like ten. Diloph has thirty. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and the dude's uh, dude's not even a Gjorn, but he's got thirty. Yeah, I guess there's no hard and fast rules about how many you're allowed to have. <laughs> Apparently not. Seems like right the kind of thing. They're yeah. just like, fuck. We should have set a limit one per right there. <laughs> one per Froden, Froden, the other Froden. Yeah, no, I, 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 I followed you. Sorry, very similar. And so uh, it turns out that, like, all of the most important noblemen that are backing Hraithan in the city have agreed to be Odivs to this guy. And Hraithan's like, uh-huh, that's an interesting list, okay. Who are you going to take with you? He's like, well, all of them. I mean, if the letter is as important as you said, then we got to give it the proper protection. We need 30 dudes up here ready to go. And I like it's it, even though... Dilov is his Odiv and has to do whatever he says. Apparently, the way this works, he can't tell him what to do with his Odivs below him. He that's that would be inappropriate. So what Dilov is saying is perfectly justified. And he's like, oh, shit, I can't do anything. He's, he's outplayed me. <laughs> he's certainly done something. The hell out of- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know the hell out of someone without actually breaking the rules. <laughs> actually be in trouble but i've stretched them as far as i can go uh-huh. yeah and he really has like dotted all his eyes and crossed all his t's here because he's like he probably realizes okay Hraithan doesn't like what i'm doing i don't care i'm gonna be i'm gonna do what i want so uh let me just go ahead and make sure he can't promote anybody above me every and every annoying guy in the workplace who knows that he's actually a burden rather <laughs> than a benefit to that workplace so he sets about trying to make himself irreplaceable and he did it kind of sort of more or less here. It's, but it beyond that, even like Ethan is, is sitting here thinking like these people from Erlon, they don't understand what they've agreed to by saying they'll be this guy's motives. It, it may have been tr- easy to trick them into agreeing to this because they don't understand the significance of this relationship and that they basically agreed to do whatever this guy tells them. So if he orders all of these important noblemen to just pack up and go with him on like a it's four week trip or however long it's going to take. They're going to say no, because no, like we're not just going to pick up and leave our lands and stuff to help you deliver a letter. That's stupid. But if once they've agreed to this relationship, if they break that deal, he then has to excommunicate them from the church and he's lost all of his most important followers. Either way, it's sinister and clever. This Diloff guy. He's sitting, he's thinking, he's sitting here thinking like, Diloph is unstable. Maybe he's bluffing, but equally likely he would just fuck everything up in spiteful retribution, it says. Personally, I don't have any doubt that Diloph is not bluffing here. He didn't try to like wave this under his nose. He was just like, fine, I'll go. But Harithan's like, it's a 50-50 shot that he's bluffing here. I I, I think, (laughs) I don't think that's, uh, I don't think those odds are right. No. Go ahead, flip that coin. <laughs> because I'll be honest with you, I'm often willing to bet on a coin flip. Like 50-50 is odds that I will play. I don't think that's the odds we're talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. 
No. Depends on what's at stake. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, f- you know what? No, I'll find somebody else to deliver the message. I, you're just so important. I can't do it without you, Diloff. You're, you're, you're the man. And he takes off. He's all pissed. And Diloff whispers as he's leaving, like, I am, as always, my Hroden's humble servant. <laughs> Mine is an evil laugh. Raythan is just so pissed off. He's like, I got to clear my head. I got to go walk. He spends several hours stewing in his office. And then he just can't take it anymore. He walks off into the night. And we get another. This is a section for random little sidetracks. Because we got like several with Serene, it felt like. And now we got. He just runs into some beggars. And the, this beggar's like, hey, some coins, please. And he's like, I've never seen a beggar in the city before. This is weird. And then a boy comes around the corner like, no, not him, stupid. I like how he, he claims. He's like, I'm sorry, my father loses his wits sometime. So this boy is like, not him, you old fool. Oh, this is my dad. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> apparently the king forbids beggars in the city because uh, it makes it makes his city look poor if people are out here begging if he finds us he sends us back to the farms and apparently there's like a whole bunch of beggars and they live out in the ruins of because there used to be four cities around Elantris K is one of them they kind of live out in the ruins of some of the other three cities which I was wondering like if anything was going on in those other cities for a while now I was like okay they they really just don't seem to talk about them at all. So it's nice to see, like, oh, there is actually a factor, like, in those cities. Like, they're, they're not just, like, husks. Yeah. They're, for all we know, there could be, like, a whole beggar society out there, and they have a beggar king or something. And... <laughs> Ooh, Lawrence Fishman from John Wick. Nice. <laughs> the Bowery King. And dude's like, I wasn't always a beggar. I was. I used to work in Elantris. I was a carpenter, one of the best. But then they made me, I didn't make a very good farmer. So apparently Idon's just like, you're a carpenter, whatever, I'm sending you out to work the fields. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what, what, what were you, oh, you, you shaped wood in life and you made beautiful creations. Yeah, cool, you're a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time he realizes, uh, a moment, he like squints up at Hraithan and he's like, oh, you don't look like a merchant. Hraithan's probably wearing like his blood red armor and shit. But he gives him a bag of coins. Two bags, in fact. He's like, this bag of coins is for you, and this one is for your other beggar friends. Good night. So he, he may have just made a, made friends with the whole beggar community here. Who knows? So I forgot to mention, when the when this beggar first showed up, like an old like old man, beggar, pretending to be blind. I'm like, hang on, Hoyd? He did. He, he, did, he was talking about his eyesight being bad, huh? That totally yeah. makes sense, yep. Mm-hmm. New, new headcanon, uh... Hoyt is Lawrence Fishburne, the 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 king of the beggars or whatever. <laughs> cool. <laughs> they don't have to say his name. I know it's him. It's fine. Um, but he, the guy's like, "Thank you," and Hraithan's like, "Thank J Death." And dude's like, "Who's who's J Death?" And Hraithan's like, "You'll soon know, old man. One way or another, you'll know." It's a very sinister, like villainous line for him, but it's not really that sinister a statement. I guess he's here to convert the country one way or another. So maybe it kind of is. But at the same time, he's like, oh, don't worry, beggar. You'll find out about God when everyone follows him. <laughs> I'll pet him. I'll pet him with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> he heads back up to the walls of Elantris where he spends so much time hanging out. And he hears footsteps, assumes it's one of the guards. And then there's a voice who's like, it was so much nicer once. And it's Father Omen who we met last uh, episode. And they have a, a kind of a weird discussion here where Omen, I think he's trying to get a feel for what it is Raythan's after or how far he's willing to go. 
And uh, Raisin's like, how'd you find me? And Owen's like, dude, everybody knows that you spend your nights up here. You come up here all the time and just walk around and stand. And there's apparently debate. The rumors are going around like, why does he go up there and watch the the city? And he, Omen gives him, he's like, some people say this, some people say that. He's like, well, what do you think? And Omen's like, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me why you climb these stairs every night. I do wonder why you preach hatred of the Elantrians when you yourself simply pity them. And Hraithan's just like, it's not so hard once you accustom yourself to it. A man can force himself to hate if he wishes, especially if he convinces himself it's for the greater good. And Omen's just like, oh, so the oppression of a few brings salvation to the many. Yeah, okay, sure. And Hraithan's just like, look, I'm about to make you irrelevant. Nobody's going to care about Shu Koreth in a few days, because, or a few weeks. You're too docile and unassuming. Shu Doreth is vibrant and dynamic. Like, he just makes his, he's like, my religion is the hip young religion. And they kind of talk about truth. And Omen's like, you know, it doesn't matter. The truth will, it will win out eventually. I didn't come here to argue with you, man. I just came here to ask you a question. He's like, fine, then ask it and go away. And Omen says, what happened to your faith, Raisin? You, you must have believed at some point. You've been in the priesthood so long, but you lost it somewhere. I listen to your sermons and you don't have faith. I, and I wonder what happened to it. Which, damn, that cuts that cuts deep on Hraithan here. Yeah. Shaken to the core. Given what we kind of thought about this guy last time, where he just seemed like this dotty old uh, dude, like, just this pretty insightful moment for him. Yeah, like I said, this dude's getting his Iroh on. Oh, yeah, I get that now. When you said it earlier, I was thinking about in the previous chapters, and I was like, I guess maybe he's a little bit Iroh-y. But no, I see what you mean now, yeah. Yeah, he's like all, all loving, but he, but he really hits home with some of his points. Then he just leaves. So, yeah. I, I want to see more of Omen now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, he's secretly like a super, uh, super powerful monk warrior guy. <laughs> yeah, Shu Koreth also has monasteries where they train assassins and Omen's like a master assassin. That'd be badass. Omen's just like, did you ever hear the story of why I'm called the dragon of Elantris? He stopped breathing <laughs> fire. I, Wait, what? I get behind that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have I ever shown you how to uh, reroute lightning? <laughs> so then we cut to Rayodin, who, as we find out, is trying to sneak in and uh, get a peek at Shaor. But he's got to kind of sneak through all the madmen. One of them kind of jumps him. Galadon calls out, like, behind you, Sule. And a bald and nearly naked guy howls and rips through a fence, comes at him like a mad hound. And Galadon smacks him in the face with a board. And then takes a paving stone when he's down and slams it into his head. This is like this is like visceral violence here. Yeah, it's like zombie apocalypse type stuff. Yeah. They're getting stronger somehow, Sule. He's like, yeah, you know, they have, we haven't let them have a new a new arrival in weeks, and they're getting desperate, falling more and more into their bestial state. Galen's like, dude, we should have brought Salen. And he's like, yeah, no, Salen's a good guy, but he is not stealthy. So, and so. Shaor is holed up in, I, I guess, the bank. But as 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 they're progressing, Rowden is thinking there's no one can say they've seen Shaor. Like everyone's heard about him and they refer to this gang as Shaor's men. But no one that he's talked to actually has seen him or knows what this guy looks like. Maybe he's just one of the crazy guys, indistinguishable from everybody else. Or maybe he's like long dead or, or not dead because you don't die when you're in Lantern. But, you know, one of the Hoed and the group just continues without a leader. So no one's really sure what the situation is. And this begs the question of where did Shayor's name come from? Right? 
I was just about to say that. Got all the people who they're barely coherent, like raging, mindless zombies. Uh, everyone refers to them as Shayor's band. Who came up with the name? Does Shayor call herself that, or? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe somebody just gave it to the, like, just assigned it. It's like, yeah, those are Shayor's guys, and uh, it just stuck. I don't, I don't know what the name means. I want to look up and see if I can find out uh, what that Aeon is. Okay, apparently the Aeon is Aeor, but this does not say what the definition of that is. So, hmm. who knows? It's it's the Aeon for crazy. Yeah, it might be. Although I don't know how that would work in, in the magic. It's like, I'm going to use the crazy Aeon on you. <laughs> You'll be crazy. Yeah. Maybe it means like goddess or something. Who knows? Could be. Well, if one of her men had made it up, then that would make sense. I was trying to think of like if somebody if somebody on the outside is making up the name for these people, then what would they? Yeah, but I mean, who really knows about the gang leaders besides the people like knows the names of the gang leaders? I guess they do because Serini knew them. But at the same time, I find it hard to believe that like they're that well informed on the outside of what's going on inside. So it would make more sense if somebody named her in there. Well, well, no, I mean, like, if somebody somebody from outside her gang, like one of the other lanterns. Oh, I see what, what I mean. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, yeah, that makes sense, too. They're, like, somebody just came up with it. It's like, oh, wow, they, that person is, this new gang leader is a Shay, or, I mean, I don't know, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, yeah, so they're, they're Raven has decided now, it, the time has come. We're going to figure out what is up with Shay, or. And so they're in, they're holed up in the bank, and Ron's like, no, yeah, that makes sense. It's, uh. It's good defensible. There's one entrance sort of thing. Apparently, the Elantrians maintained a bank for the local merchants, and everyone considered a bank inside Elantrius to be Elantris to be way more secure than one in K, which makes sense when everyone is magical and stuff. You're nobody's gonna come and rob them. So they kind of, I guess, they managed to sneak in. I don't know how you do it. How you like cross into the bank without somebody noticing? But they find the vault door, a large circle etched with the Aeon Edo. See, now I want to find out what Edo means. Now that I've gotten into looking at these uh, Aeons. Aeon Edo is protection or safety. Makes sense. And Rowden, he says he took a deep breath, ready to confront the last of the gang leaders, and he hears a high-pitched wail screaming, bring me food. And they look in there. It, sitting on a pile of gold bars, there is a young girl in a pristine, unsoiled pink dress with long blonde hair, although her skin shows that she's clearly an Elantrian. And eight men in ragged clothes kneeling, and she's screaming, bring me food. And Galadon says something that I don't understand, where he's like, well, behead me and see me in Dolokin. What is that? <laughs> no. It's, 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 it's the jeweler way of saying, well, fuck me sideways. Yeah, I guess so. And Shaor's like, that's, or Rowden's like, that's Shaor. And apparently they're not hiding real well, because she sees them and screams, kill them. And Rowden yelps and runs i love how he's looking at her and it takes him a while to realize she's looking back at him it's like what, yeah what, what? <laughs> i pictured it like you know they were hiding and like peeking around the corner and maybe not being seen but apparently uh they were in the open enough for her to spot them real easily also i guess probably the say the the if it's a giant like safe with a huge door or whatever it's probably not that big a vault like the room's probably not that big so I'm just trying to think bank vaults. They're not. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess guess they can be. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on. It depends. I mean, this is a fantasy world, obviously, but like a standard like 
classic what people think of when they think of bank vault doors. They're usually about like eight feet tall, at least the ones that I've seen, like the old classic looking ones, and they're circular. But smaller smaller buildings or bigger buildings may have different sizes ones. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, we, we once again we skip over what you might think is the interesting part where they're running and trying to figure out how to get away from the middle of Shaor's territory as the wild men try to kill them and we just cut to Galadon being like if you weren't dead already I would kill you getting me into this shit and they just they lost Shaor's men the same way by uh, climbing up the side of a broken wall and hiding on a rooftop and like the it says that these guys were running around all the time never thought to look up and see if they were up there so they're just not real smart and Galadon, he's like, I don't, I don't get what just happened. And Raylan's like, Oh, I, I think I get it. Did you see them kneeling? Like she's their god, like this living idol, in like the grime and sludge of Elantris. She got this one like pristine, beautiful little girl. Maybe I don't know if beautiful because she's got the Elantrian skin going on, but whatever. So they're like basically they're worshiping her. Yeah, I mean she's got beautiful golden hair. They probably think she's like some kind of goddess immune to the complete effects of the the rayad i guess yeah and so he's like yeah they make an altar they put her on there she screams for food so they get it for her and she blesses them quote unquote and god's like how does she have the hair and he's like no i, I recognize her it's that it's like it's a wig she was the daughter of one of the wealthiest dukes in erlon duke tellery hey we know that guy she never grew hair, so her father had a wig made for her, and I guess the priest just never removed it when they sent her in. She's, I guess she's been there two years, which is longer than a lot of people that we've met. And Duke Tellery always said she died of Dionia, whatever that is, but there were rumors. And Galton's like, apparently the rumors were true. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. I only met her a few times. I can't even recall her name. I do remember that she was the most spoiled and sufferable child I'd ever met. And Galadon's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And Round's like, well, you were right. We, we're not going to talk Shaor over because she was unreasonable on the outside. She's got to be ten times worse now. All she knows is that she's hungry, and they bring her food. And then they get back to the city, and the dude standing guard is like, dude, Captain Salen's kind of pissed off at you. And he's, Round's like, yeah, yeah, I'll apologize later. And I like that they now have like these checkpoints where you get into their section of the city. You got to change out of your dirty shoes into the clean shoes. Wash off some stuff with a bucket of water waiting here. They're trying to keep their city clean. It's kind of nice. Can't do anything about the clothes. There's not cloth. There's not a lot of cloth here. So can't make new clothes for everybody. But you do what you can do. But uh, so they've got this section of the city, this area of the city sectioned off with only 11 streets entering. So it's actually kind of a big section, I guess. And they got these checkpoints. They have people guarding for when Shaor's men attack. And Rowden at this point is like, I don't know what we're going to do about Shaor. Like, there's no reasoning with her and we're not, she has the biggest army and they're all nuts. We're not going to beat them by force. And for the first time ever, Galadon is just like, no, it'll be okay. You'll think of something. I believe in you. No, which just makes Rowden more like, Oh man, I don't know how. Yeah. It, it's a fun moment to be like, Oh, Galadon's your friend. He's trying to make you feel better. Yeah. And uh, that's when we get this thing where he reaches up and a side of the a piece of the building breaks off. Like, this marble is, like, softer than soapstone. And Galen's like, yeah, it's Elantris. Things decay quickly. He's like, but this is stone. It's been ten years that a building should not be breaking apart in my bare hands. That doesn't make any sense. 
and Rowden theorizes that it has something to do with the door because all these buildings used to gl- like the, the very stones glowed in lanterns. We knew that, right? They told us that. So he's like, this energy from the door must have infused everything. And for so long that now that it's gone, it's like the stone, the every, it's lost something. It's empty. And Kellen's like, well, how can a stone be empty? And Rowden's like, well, like this, look, I can just like crumble this marble up in my hand. And Marishi runs up. It's like, Lord Spirit. And Ron's like, oh, crap, another attack? No, uh, we're being invaded. By whom? We think she's a princess. <laughs> like, invaded was the choice of words when a princess shows up. Oh, Marishi knew yeah, exactly like, what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute, that's my princess. That, that is what he says. Uh, well, the first thing he says, like, R- R- Rowden's watching her from far away as she is walking and looking around unafraid it says and he's like i only saw her through seon i didn't realize she was so beautiful that's kind of sweet given that they're married or whatever and Helen's like wait you recognize her and he's like yeah i think i'm married to her that must be serene <laughs> it's kind of sweet it's also kind of a bummer <laughs> and Helen's like what's she doing here and he's like no more importantly what's she doing here with like a dozen of everyone's most influential nobles that's duke royal over there and galvan's like oh so that must be Shuden." I was like, well, hold on. Once again, simple farmer man. How do you know this shit? And he's like, look, everybody knows Shuden where I'm from. She's she's that important. We're big fan. We're big Shuden fans. Everyone loves Shuden. I don't know yeah. what it is. All the ladies love Shuden. Even the Dooladellian <laughs> ladies love Shuden. They're all over. <laughs> and rounds up here like, then that's Ahan and Iandel. What is this woman planning? And then they see the cart piled with food, and Raven is like, we're in trouble. Gallon's like, what the hell are you talking about? I see food. <laughs> and my intuition tells me she's going to give it to us. So how is that bad? <laughs> and of course, Rowden doesn't know anything about Hraithen and his the, the plotting and whatever that's going on out there. So he's just like, she's doing her widow's trial. Only a foreigner would think to come into a lantern for that. Like, she's crazy. But he makes a point. He's like, look, we were just starting to get this sense of independence. If all of a sudden people start getting fed. Just food handed out to them without having to do anything. We're going to lose the the momentum that we've gathered. And Galvin's like, yeah, you're right. Even I was just like, oh, now that I see the food, I'm like, oh, now I remember that I'm super hungry. Not only that, but what happens when Shaor and her men find out about this? They're going to come in here and, like, rip these people apart to get to this food. And Ron's just like, oh, you probably mean well, but this is the worst thing that you could do. Damn it. And so they go back, and Marie, she's like, so uh, what What did she want? Did you see her? Yeah. What does she want? And then we hear her yell out, I want to speak to the tyrants of this city. Andin, Karata, and Sheor, present yourselves to me. And Ron's like, how the hell does she know? And Marie, she's just like, eh, she seems really well informed, doesn't she? Yes. Yes, she does. <laughs> and so he sends for Karata, and is like, have say, sail and bring some soldiers. We're going to meet at the university. And Marishi's like, I can go fetch, fetch him if you want. He just he just always wants to be helpful. And Ron's like, no, you're going to have to practice being Andin, which is a bold choice, but OK. And he's just like, get me my mustache. <laughs> yeah, he has to have the mustache of leadership, yeah. right? That's the only way Give to do it. Give me my mustache and my nice shoes. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going negotiating. When White Goodman puts on his shiny shoes. So that is the end of the uh, the chapters. 
what do you guys like? Let's do predicaments. What do you guys think is going to happen? How do you think this meeting is going to go specifically? Uh, badly. <laughs> yep. For whatever reason, just like we're still early days in the book. So I feel like this is really going to be a conflict that's going to play into, if not Hraithan's hands, then Dilaf's. Um, I feel like things are going to go to hell. Someone possibly shooting just is going to, is going to die in this, in this little raid. Cause I think, I think they're right. Shaor's men are going to attack. Someone's going to die in this raid. And Iodon is going to start swinging more towards Hraithan's and Dilaf's side of things. Like, yep, the Lantrians are bad. Going to have to do something about them. Like, like Ray hadn't even predicted that. It's like, well, if one of us, di- if one of the nobles dies, then, then dad's going to come in here and just like, well, kill them all. So, yep. I mean, granted, he doesn't exactly have the best army for that. So that could also go pretty badly, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's not like the Elantrians um, can defend themselves very well, so. No. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I don't see this going very well at all. I think Serene is, like, I don't want Serene to come out of this feeling like shit, because I feel like she's copping enough as it is, and she's genuinely trying to do well. But, yeah, I, this isn't going to go well, and she's going to be guilt-ridden over how this goes down. Yeah, you said Shuden dies, and I'm like, oh, can't it be, like, like Edon or someone? No, no, I like shooting. <laughs> it's like to really to really hammer home the tragedy of the thing and the fact that Serene has just mentioned it's like, man, that's the second time Shuden has been the first one to throw his support behind me. I'm like, uh oh, Shuden gonna die. Oh, well, the ladies will all be so sad. Yep, yep, and then they'll be more intended, like like ready to take up fencing. It's like we must avenge the hot guy. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Any other more general predicaments? Um, uh, I am leaning towards by the end of the book, Hraithan is not going to be on the side of uh, Fjordal. I think uh, his little, that, that question from Omen that got under his skin, he's like, wait, if I don't have faith in uh, in in the Fjordal, in, in Shoot Dereth, what the hell do I have faith in? He's going to have a crisis and he might actually wind up turning uh, and, you know, fighting for the good side. Hmm. Yeah, I can see how that would be a setup for that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you have a crisis of faith, then you gotta go. You gotta go somewhere with it. Yeah, I think we've we've established in the last few chapters. It's like Rathen's not actually a bad guy. He does he doesn't believe in killing people wantonly, and he doesn't believe in yeah. You know, he does genuinely try to try to be moral in his in setting forth his religion. He's not happy that that uh, in Juladel it all turned into a bloodbath, and he's trying to avoid that. So. I think he might be convinced that to do do things that are, you know, it's the whole to be lawful or to be good. So I feel like he might actually turn. Hmm. Is that where you, if, if we're, if we're doing like uh, the, the alignment chart, is he, he does seem lawful to me. Is he lawful? Good That's, or lawful? Mm, or? I'd say he's I lawful evil with a chance to, with a chance to turn. Okay. Okay. I feel like he's, I don't know. I feel like he's not that lawful though, because he doesn't. He even though he he's he professes this this faith. He 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 clearly has some misgivings about it, and he goes about circuitous routes to achieve his goal. That seems like a more chaotic thing to do, in my opinion. But that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, that does that does feel a little bit. Uh... He's he's very ends justify the means, I think is what you would call that, because he's like, this may not be exactly within the rules. You know, I'm working with this guy who's not really that dedicated to make weird potions. But as long as in the end, Shudareth 
is helped, then it's fine. Yeah, and I feel like that's definitely more of a chaotic way to go about it. Now, now I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm seeing like ends justify the means. What uh, what alignment would that be? Uh, Wiki says that uh, the ends justify the means is the creed of lawful evil. Lawful evil characters may actually hmm. have admirable goals, but the means that they are willing to take are most often, more often than not, deplorable. They're often better versed in the letter of the law than the best paladins, and they stand ready to twist every phrase to suit their goals. Interesting. Yeah, but I would argue that his, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that his means or his, the way he's going about his business is necessarily the most evil part of him. Yeah, okay. Well, while, while, while you're going, what kind of predicaments do you have? Uh, how's this meeting going to go and anything yeah, I actually I'm I'm gonna disagree with Dak on this one. I think because he recognized her so quickly and because he knows her so well from speaking with her, he's going to to assume the identity of maybe Shayor uh, for the purposes of the meeting because he may not want any of the other nobles to know who he is. But he's going to find a way to communicate to her um, that he is Raiden. And um, so that this is going to be where they cross paths and actually like are right. able to maybe start working together. One from in Elantris, one from outside Elantris. I think maybe this will be the turning point. We're or about halfway through the book, so it makes it would make sense to me that like that something would shift here. So mm. that's that's what I think is going to happen. Maybe it won't come at this meeting because it sounds like she's going to make several of these trips. So, but I think, I think for sure there's going to be some communication between them and, and Serene's chapter is next. So hopefully we're just going to pick right back up, but from her perspective for, uh, for what happens after that. And yeah, with, with the Wraith and stuff, I don't know, honestly, I don't know if he'll be turned or if he's just going to do his thing, but his story, I feel like even though he's had some connections with Sereni, I feel like his story is almost the most separated. Yeah, so far uh, I, that that's probably the goals, at least of the the character, are way separate from the other the goals of the other two characters and the motivations and all that stuff. I don't know. Serene has made a lot a, a lot of her chapters have been her trying to plan against him. Right. So yeah, to the point that true. the other that the nobles are like, we think that you're giving this guy more attention than he deserves, really. Right. So. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So I'm not really sure where that's going to go. I think the stuff with Diloph's going to come to a head. I mean, it's going to have to at some point. Um, maybe he ends up being the worst part, like the worst uh, threat. But yeah, with the Elantris of it all, like Shayor's men are going to show up at some point. So all this food, it's not going to bode well for the immediate future of our of our characters. But I think hopefully Raiden will be able to to get across who he is to her and then and then we'll be uh, they'll have that connection after that and even if he is a weird zombie thing maybe she'll feel like happy that she's <laughs> made that connection with him finally okay so i i didn't think he was necessarily uh, sorry Raiden, Raiden was going to assume Shayo's identity did they say that exactly and you know the other guy was going to have to pretend to be Andon. Yep. No, that was probably, that was just part of my prediction. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was probably in his best interest to get his ass down there really fast. To be like, don't do this or something. Or I don't know. If if he's recognized her, 
there's a chance that she'd recognise him, but also the people that she's got with him, sorry, the people that she's got with her would recognise him as well, quite possibly. Yeah. So maybe not immediately at first, but if they were talking to him, surely they'd go, hang on a minute, we know who you are. So for him to show up masquerading as, as a different leader, I don't know that that would work. But, yeah, they're going to have to find a way to be able to talk uh, to each other somehow. I'm not quite sure how they'll do that, but they'll get there. There's also the chance that Shayor would turn up maybe or someone from the gang would turn up. But you've also just bought in a whole bunch of food, which they are, like, obsessed with food and have quite clearly, you know, Shayor's made it pretty clear that get me the food. So I would say that they're probably going to get attacked. Like the Elantrians aren't going to wait around for the leaders to turn up and it all be civil. They're going to just go for it. So I think they would probably get attacked soon. Yeah, maybe maybe for the first visit they'd get attacked or something. I don't know. Somewhere in there that's going to have to probably happen at some point. That's probably all I've actually got at the moment. Um, okay. Jack, can you maybe come and just settle her for yeah, a second? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. Predicament? <laughs> yeah, Horizon's chapters are kind of on the outside. I don't know. I, I, I'd almost like to see him become an Elantrian mm. between him and Biloff because then it would just be the other side, especially now that he's having this, well, he's, it's been pointed out to him that he's having this crisis of faith. That might be interesting to see how that would, how that would work. But, I mean, immediately would he lose all credibility in the church? Probably. But... I expect that he will probably be doing one of his wall walks at night and maybe maybe Sereni would find a way to get back into Raiden or Raiden, after seeing her, would get out to see her somehow. Maybe that's where this passageway will sort of come into it as well because he obviously knows about the passageway too. So that that could happen. I don't know. I don't know exactly how Raiden's going to tie in yet, but it's nice to see the two storylines for Raiden and Sereni starting to come together now. So. Yeah, that's something we've been waiting for for a while, I guess. So. Yeah. And I mean, we are, yeah, we are about halfway through the book now. So that's, yep. it, it's got to start to happen at some point. We're not, we're definitely not at a point of being able to tie up loose ends or anything like that, but we've got to have a bit of that story come together now, which is exciting to see that starting. Yeah, 51%, according to my Kindle, is how far we are. So, yeah, right, right at halfway. So do you yeah. think Joe was thinking that he tells her who he is or tries to communicate that in some way? Do you think that Rowden tells her, like, ASAP, that who he is, or does he keep that a secret? Or I feel like it's in his best interest to do so. But, I mean, when do these characters do things in the best interest? I, uh, <laughs> That's so a story, really. <laughs> so he probably won't. I just, I don't think he'd be able to pull off, uh, unless the moustache of leadership was enough of a disguise, maybe he could borrow that, I don't know, um, <laughs> find a monocle somewhere, who knows. I just, I feel like he would be better off to make it known. I think Serene is smart enough that she would be able to keep it under wraps, probably, because she's suspicious that something has happened. I don't think she's expecting him to turn up as an Elantrian but she's definitely suspicious over the circumstances of his death or disappearance. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if, if he turned up, you know, maybe it'll be a case of they get the leaders together. He doesn't pretend to be a leader, but he's standing in the crowd or something if there's people down there, because I'm assuming it wouldn't just be a case of three leaders turn up and everyone else stays away. You know, we know that Andon's not going to turn up and this guy's going to 
stand-in for him instead. Um, but Shale's the one they've got to watch out for. And I guess everyone else knows. I mean, Karada knows who he is and the rest of the gang know that he's this new leader, but obviously that information hasn't translated to the outside yet. No. I don't know. I would like to see them. I'm not a big fan of... I'm I'm not a big fan of the whole ah uh, you know we if only we'd actually had a conversation about this earlier we could have avoided all of this unnecessary you know uh-huh. just at some point just tell them just tell them who you are <laughs> and we can progress the story from there that's sort of what I would like to see happen but who knows it it does seem like it's in his best interest like you said right I'm not sure what he would gain by keeping it a secret at this point like how, I don't not know how that helps you. Yeah, I, I right. get maybe take I, I get maybe keeping it from as many Elantrians as possible because you don't want them to all be like, oh my goodness, it's our crown prince, blah blah blah. Mm. Um, but from her, like she's clearly up to something, so it would make sense to identify himself to her. Yeah, I, I agree. So hopefully, I, and I also agree with you that I, I'm I'm always a fan of let's not have the the sitcom thing happen where they never talk about it and it turns into this Mm -hmm. wacky misunderstanding so it would be nice if we could avoid that (laughs) yeah if you had just been honest with each other in the first place you could have avoided half of this stuff (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah Yeah. that's that's all i've got makes sense okay uh and really we're, we're we're pretty much wrapped up at this point for the next episode we are reading three chapters again, so we're going to get everybody's perspective once more, just not quite in the right order. Uh, we will have, what is that? We, we just got Rowden, so it's once again Serene, Hraithan, and then Rowden's next perspective. After that, we start moving into bigger chunks, so it'll get a little more uh, a little more random. But anyway, so, yeah, so next time, for people reading along, chapters 23, 24, and 25. We do not have, since yesterday, when we recorded the previous episode, any emails or reviews or anything like that. So nothing to mess with there. I mean, we, we could have, let's be honest. No, it's possible. Yeah, I did check just in case, but I wasn't expecting to have anything coming through. So if you would like to send us emails, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the various places that things happen on the Internet. All the unsavory uh, sorts of uh, locations. Unsavory? I, I don't know. Yeah, Facebook is very unsavory. What are you talking about? Everyone knows that. You're gonna get some. You're gonna get some news about to uh, take in some horse deworming <laughs> medicine and how that'll fix everything. <laughs> oh dear God! Data, uh, I'm back. Are you sure I can't get my news from Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. You, really shouldn't but that's uh you know it, it has to be verified if it's on facebook right people can't just get on there and say whatever they want <laughs> oh my goodness see that i i, I yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna get into it <laughs> we, we okay we, we, i'll we take are my people, answer off the air we're people raised on the internet and who were taught from the beginning of the internet that uh, you shouldn't trust what's on there. So you'd be surprised. There's people young, much younger than me that believe all everything. And I'm just like, yeah, what's wrong with you? Be discerning. I, yeah, I know. And that's, that was part of what I was like, maybe it was just because I'm, I was around when it first started becoming a thing and everyone's like, no, you can't believe all the things you read on the internet. Yeah. People are against Wikipedia because <laughs> anybody can, can just put it. anything out there. Yeah. 
And nowadays people are like, oh, no, Wikipedia, I use that for to do every single report for school. So it, it must be <laughs> accurate, right? Yeah. Day, like my day in high school where they announced you cannot use Wikipedia in, as a citation in your essays. Fuck. <laughs> I think teachers have just stopped fighting at this point. You're like, they're going to go to Wikipedia. There's nothing we can do about it. So whatever. Um, anyway, that was a, 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 a little side trip that we took. Uh, but That's a weird digression. I know it was. <laughs> Even for it us, might, that was a weird digression. It might get completely cut when the time comes. We're gonna, we'll see. No how. way you can't cut old man Joe. He needs to know about his news. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yes, music by Miracle of Sound. And uh, was to the time of next? Colo? My name's Joe. 